What's up, peeps? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. It's me, Eben Britton, the ex-NFL player turned yogi. So today's episode brought to you by my family over at Bioptimizers. This product I'm holding in my hand, it is the quintessential magnesium product, their product, Magnesium Breakthrough. So such powerful stuff. These guys have very quickly emerged as my all-time favorite supplement company. I love these guys' products. I love what they're all about. I love the products because you can feel them working. I see it in my body. I feel it in my mind. How my digestion has improved, how my sleep has improved, how my energy has improved. And that's what it's all about. I've taken so many products throughout my football career, throughout my life, in an effort to get stronger, get get clearer, bring more clarity to my mind, improve the function of my brain, build my muscles, etc., etc., sleep better. And these guys just, every single product they make is such high quality. It's awesome. Magnesium breakthrough. I've been taking magnesium for about 10 plus years at least. Actually, probably since 2009. So more than, yes, 10 plus years. This is the best magnesium product on the market. Magnesium breakthrough. It's a blend. It's a synergistic blend of seven different types of magnesium. Magnesium is essential for your well-being, for fighting stress, fatigue, helping you sleep, and 80% of the population is deficient in it. So many people walking around angry, stressed out, tired, in fear. It's because their nervous system is so out of whack. We're mouth breathing, we're eating like shit. We're staying up late. We're partying too much. We're watching too much TV. We're not getting enough exercise, not drinking enough water, not getting enough magnesium. Not only does this stuff help me undoubtedly get a better night's sleep, but I also feel super chill. I feel super relaxed when I take this. My mind is super balanced and clean. And that's paramount for me and everything I do. So check it out. You can head to magbreakthrough.com forward slash ebb and flow. Use code ebb and flow 10 at checkout to get 10% off your next order. Highly recommend it. It's there for you, y'all. Okay, today's episode is a really powerful one. I had a fantastic conversation with a woman by the name of Kelly Tennant. She's a life coach, a podcast host. Very high-level consciousness. uh, Very powerful voice. Um, And to kick this thing off, to settle y'all in, I'm going to do a little reading from David Hawkins' Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. This little passage sets the stage for our conversation and what it's all about. 
Multitudes follow spiritual pathways, but scarce are the ones who finally succeed and realize the ultimate truth. Why is that? We follow ritual and dogma and zealously practice spiritual discipline, and we crash once again. Even when it works, the ego quickly comes in and we are caught in pride and smugness, thinking we have the answers. Oh Lord, save us from the ones who have the answers. Save us from the righteous. Save us from the do-gooders. I mean, this book is, what can I say? Highly recommend it. So that's really what we talk about. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. We've got merch, higherpowerworkshop.com. All kinds of good stuff there. More to come shortly. We're working on some fresh tees and hoodies and hats. Lots of fun stuff. Support the cause. Support the pod. Last but not least, I would love to see all of you guys join the Power Tribe on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. Links for all of this stuff will be in the show notes. Can't thank you guys enough for all of your support. I appreciate you greatly. Okay, y'all. Have an excellent day standing in your truth, living in your highest greatness. Until next time, I'll see y'all on the flip side. Enjoy. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination. Your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. What's up, peeps? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. It's excellent to be with you guys on this magnificent day. I've got a great guest, Kelly Tennant of The Kelly Show. Kelly, it's so good to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to meet you. Absolutely. Me too. It's great to connect with a fellow power tribe, soul tribe person (laughs) in this day and age. Uh, one of the blessings of technology, you know, as weird and as fucked up as it gets, this is one of the the good things of it is that we get to connect. You're in Colorado. Yeah, we are. I'm in California. Here we are connecting here in the digital world. It's really fun. Great to have you on the show. Um, I'm really stoked to dive in with you. So your show, I really, I love your message. It's so potent and powerful on social media and in your podcast. You have such a strong voice. I was thinking about a number of things to talk to you about, but what struck me most is something you're going through right now. And I love, you know, the only, I love something you say and you've posted about it, how you don't look at your your Instagram following as followers, you look at it as a community. Yes. 
And I love that because we've got too many followers. You know, we've got too many fucking followers out there who are waiting for someone else to show them the answer and give them the key. So I love that you're, you talk about that. I love how vulnerable you are. I love how you share what you're going through in real time, because that's really the only way social media works for me as well. You know, I do these like handheld videos talking when I get these downloads, people are like, Ed, it's so, man, this is fucking on point. I needed it, brother. And I'm like, dude, I'm literally talking to myself. <laughs> you know, this is the universe speaking to Eben, and I'm just sharing it with you guys because it feels like it's important in the grand scheme of our human evolution. So something you've been talking about a lot lately, uh, two episodes ago because you've done a you've released an episode since then spirituality is fucked and uh you know there's a lot to that I, I tend to agree with the headline especially in this day and age where we've got a lot of it's super trendy to be spiritual you know but like what does that mean what does that actually look like um and I think that we're all going through a massive transition and evolution of our spirit, of our emotional body, of our consciousness. So I'm stoked to dive in with you. Thank Where you. Where are you at today? Uh, emotionally or physically? <laughs> of all of it. Uh, I'm fucking tired. Um, yeah. That's, I feel you on that. That's where I am. I also feel like most of my friends and people in our space are kind of reflecting the same thing, but I think it speaks to kind of what you're talking about. It feels like there's um, like a rewiring, reprogramming, reconstructing of spirituality and what we believe in and what works. And I think a lot of that is given the last year and a half that all of us have you know, been a part of. And we're reprioritizing what is it that actually matters to us? Why are we doing the things we do? And we can redefine, I think, a lot of the things that our identities have been wrapped in for however many years now and say, if I got to start over, what would that look like? And I feel like physically my body is just tired because of that, because it's every single day. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm reprogramming in a way. And even things that I thought I had come to terms with or had worked through are popping up and saying, okay, well now you have more context or more experience. So you get to look at it through this new lens. Um, and so it just feels like I'm kind of going not backwards, but back into the experience of starting over and mm -hmm. asking the same questions I was asking a couple of years ago when I first started on this path of like, who the fuck am I? What is it that I want? What do I believe in? Um, mm. And I really liked what you said earlier, because for me, when I recorded that podcast, Spirituality is Fucked with my girlfriend, Katie, I was having these feelings for a few weeks and I felt like, shit, am I the only one? You know, when you just have a thought and you're like, I have to be the only one who's feeling this. And now I'm screwed up because of it. And I don't want to tell anybody. And then I'm in this like sisterhood circle. And we meet every week on Zoom and I'm just like, okay, I just got to say this thing. And I just came out with it. And all of the girls on the call were like, yeah, I feel the same way. And I was like, oh, mm. and then the podcast came out and I got so many messages and that's not why I did it. But I just felt like, okay, yeah. well, a few of my friends feel the same way I do. 
So I'm not, I'm not crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. We're all crazy, but other people are having these same feelings and it feels like the thing that you're not supposed to say. And I am kind of the person at this point in my life that has to say the thing that no one else is willing to say, because I don't know how else to live. So that's where we are. I feel that that big time. You know, somebody has to stand up and say the thing, right? You know, (laughs) otherwise I just feel like we're all walking around like robots, just following along. It's part of the followers versus community conversation. I don't, well, I hate if someone thinks I'm a guru and I also don't like treating Mm. other people like gurus. I don't think Mm. that that's, I mean, I'm sure that if I met a real guru in an ashram in India or something and realized, okay, yes, you are a guru. I understand this, but all of the people in, in our Western culture who are walking around calling themselves shamans and gurus, I just don't believe that we give them our power. I don't think that's what the whole point is. And I don't want anyone to ever look at me that way because I'm not better than you. I don't know more than you. My experience is what it is and I'm just here to share, but I always want to bring people back to themselves. And I think that's what we're Mm. missing when we say followers, it just turns it into what feels culty and okay. So I'm just supposed to follow you and do what you say and not think for myself. And I have a real problem with that. Amen. (laughs) Amen. No, I mean, fuck dude. I, I, um, we're all the guru, you know, we are all our own guru. The guru is inside of you. And I love what you said. Um, honestly, my mission is to be a light in the darkness for those who are stumbling around in a sleepy haze, mistaking illusions for reality, you know? And like you said, I'm no one special. You know, I was born in New York City, lived in Brooklyn till I was 10. It's a lot of alcoholism, a lot of darkness in my childhood. Somehow, by the grace of God and, and through some sense of inner knowing, I just kept going, putting one foot in front of the other, taking one more breath. And made my way into the NFL, came out of that totally destroyed, had to come to terms with that. And through the process, learned these tools of like peeling back the layers of ebb to get to the fucking core of who I am and what I am, Mm -hmm. you know? And something I'll say about your feeling of starting over, I have settled into a place of every moment I am completely starting over. Like every moment. Because, you know, the moment I identify with something or as something or I latch on to some belief, it gets obliterated. Yes. You know, it just gets obliterated through the ultimate truth, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's super challenging to be in that, but like there's no, no other way to be at this stage for me in my life. There's just no other way to be because I can't 
you know, I look around social media, which I guess is the culture. I don't really know. It's hard to tell at this stage, you know. I see a lot of great people. I also see a lot of really mentally ill people who are saying things that are so unhelpful, divisive, unnecessary, don't do anything to help anybody. And um, I know I don't want to be any of that. And me, like the moment I find my self in juxtaposition to anybody else where i'm like standing nose to nose ready to go to war ready to fight ready to get fucking bloody and tear somebody's face off i'm like you know we're actually on the same team you know like we're actually on the same team and we've done so much fighting and there's been so much bloodshed throughout history and even now I'm like in I'm I'm literally doing this dance because the governor of California is an insane person. Yes. You know, he's completely mentally unhealthy. And I want to just take to Twitter and, and social media and just be like, this guy needs a little a literal psychological evaluation because he's an egomaniac psychopath. And he's also happens to be the most powerful person in the state. But then again, but then I'm like doing the writing and I'm writing it all out. I'm going, this person has no power. You know, this person has no power over me. And mentally ill people are going to say whatever they're going to say. You know, so then it's like, how much power do I give to this person? Mm -hmm. So my question the, in that is, do you also believe that his role is very important because it also helps you wake up to that understanding that you doing mm. this work is really potent and powerful having this conversation and also someone like him and many of these people in government that we're starting to see in a new way now that their yeah. role is also super important because it's waking us the fuck up to the reality that we have created. Totally. Totally. I haven't, I haven't come around to that yet. I sort of like leapfrogged up because for me, I have to find where, you know, in my, cause I, my purpose is to be, is to use my voice, use my words. So how do I dance with the warrior inside me who, who is seeking justice, who is seeking balance, who is so repulsed by authority and wants to save the world? How do I dance with that character, but also be the light of standing in my truth, anchoring into love and compassion for the greatest good, which is to help people transcend all of this shit. Like the idea that our politicians are going to save us mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, or any institution, anyone outside of ourselves for fuck's sake, mm -hmm. you know, 
and not becoming the martyr and the rescuer and savior yourself and having the conversation, which is where I have been the last two weeks per the beginning of this conversation is, is it my role to speak up and to call stuff out or, or, and both is it part of people's experiences to follow and give power to gurus and to Mm -hmm. have their own waking up and realization without me coming in and saying, Oh, let me save you from this manipulative person. Am I keeping them from their own awakening by wanting to save and rescue? Because I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's so like, that's exactly it. Yeah. You know, because you think about it from a, earthly plane paradigm in the physical dimension somebody is asleep and you're awake and you go and you fucking shake them and you're like wake the fuck up dude wake up and they wake up and they're like dude what the fuck is wrong with you i'm asleep let me sleep it's the same thing happening here you know And so COVID has been basically a 12-month ayahuasca ceremony for me. Preach. (laughs) And, you know, all of my shit has just come up. Even as COVID and lockdowns hit a week after I came out of an actual ayahuasca ceremony. And uh, which was, it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, but like you said, Kelly, like everyone is on their own path, you know, and as many people as are so anti God, I just use that word as, you know, your guiding source higher power you know and that that goes back to the words thing the term god has become so adulterated and perverted through you know organized religion christianity and these adverse and liberals it's just like so insane Mm -hmm. but god i i can't really you know i've come i've tried to go the universe i've tried to go higher power but at the end of the day it's fucking god you know and as adverse as people are to the idea of God, we worship gods all the time. Whatever you're giving your time and attention to and just letting it take you away, that's your God. You know, the fucking Instagram, the president, the so-and-so, the institution, the drugs, you know, and that, and in that way, the guru is the God. For the people who need the guru, the guru, and to your point, you know, these are tools of awakening. Whatever it is, because we're all walking to the top of the mountain. We're all walking up there together. It's just like there's a million ways, you know, to get there. And some take longer than others. (laughs) You know, it's like in L.A., there's a million ways to get downtown. You take the streets, you take the 101, you take the five. You're going to get downtown, you know? 
And it's going to take you an hour at least, no matter where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though if you're from LA, you'll say 20 minutes. Oh yeah, that's cute. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so to your point, I love what you said, you know, I love what you said about whether it's the person or the thing, whatever it is, recognizing them or being grateful for them as being this tool of awakening. Now, part of what I wanted to talk to you about, because I wasn't sure if this is where you were going with the spirituality is fucked idea. But our spirituality, because this is all spirit, you know, so like the term spirituality, like the physical and the mental and the spiritual, it's all one thing. It's just like words to identify where we're at or a concept. Um, I guess something I still struggle with in, and maybe this is my own savior complex, you know, from back when I was a little boy who had to like hold the fucking family together and be the little foundation of safety and stability for everyone. And in the idea of spiritual bypassing, when do we, and maybe this is the importance of just getting really quiet and getting down to the fucking nuts and bolts of who you are and where you're at and what your purpose is, what your ultimate purpose is. You know, when do we get into action? When is it like, okay, there's an injustice happening. So now it's time to fucking step in. I can't really spiritualize my way out of this thing. You know, I can't say, oh, I'm not supposed to save everybody here. Like if the, you know, you see the person. And the the child playing in the street and the cars coming down the street, you know, as a model. Do you have thoughts on that? Yes, they're not totally. Because there's formed. a lot happening in the world right yeah. now where there's a great argument and there's a lot of warriors out there, mm -hmm. you know, who are fucking doing their things, say speaking their truth standing up against these things, the sort of the tidal wave of cultural insanity. Um, but like you and I, as, as people of, or as messengers, as inspirers, like what's our role in that? I think that our role is to share genuinely from our experience without attachment to someone else's experience and their outcome. Mm. Because I think, I think the savior rescuer mentality becomes more prevalent when we are attached to the idea that we are going to save them from an experience. And I'm sort of a rebel soul who doesn't like to do what people tell me to do. And so if someone comes and says, don't go do that thing, my first response is usually, well, why? And then I want to do it my way. But mm -hmm. 
but that's not inviting someone into what you want to invite them into. That's actually pushing them away. And so I really feel that my role at this point, and fuck, I could change my mind tomorrow, but my role is to be honest about the revelations and the experiences that I'm having, share them with my community, offer whatever I feel without saying you need to do it this way or this needs to be your experience. Mm -hmm. It gets to be whatever you make of it and however you choose for it to be because we all have free will and we are all in choice in our lives and we are all creating our reality. So if I tell you to not go into the street to go get a ball because you're going to get hit by a bus that I see and you choose to still do that and you get hit by a bus, I believe that there's a reason that happened. I believe that there is something far bigger and greater and more divine than me telling you not to go do something. I read, um, have you ever read journey of souls? Mm-mm. Okay. Highly recommend favorite book I've ever read in my life. Love the title. Journey of souls. Who wrote it? Fuck. I don't remember. It's written by a hypnotist okay. or like hypnotherapist from the seventies, okay, cool. oh, but the amazing. whole premise. So I went through a lot of loss. My mom died last year. Our puppy was killed in an accident. So I was just in like straight grief for like a year. And it was, it was just so sad. And so I read this book and it helped me so much because what it showed me, um, he basically documents all of his clients in their hypnosis sessions. And they all tell him what happens when you transition into the afterlife or when you're in the ethereal and your soul is choosing to come back down to reincarnate. And they all, I think it's 20 something people. They all describe it almost exactly the same. They use the same vocabulary. They see it all similarly. And I mean, there's never been anything like it. And what they talk about is that we're all up in, you know, whatever you want to call it in the ethereal. We're yeah, we're in our souls and our souls. I'm talking to you and I'm like, okay, in this life, Eben, you and I are going to be colleagues and we're going to learn from each other um, in podcasting and storytelling. Um, We've already been brother and sister and we've already been husband and wife. And so in order to learn the lessons karmically in this life, this is how we're going to relate. And so we choose the life that we're going to have and we actually see it before we ever go down to live it. We can see everything playing out. And so we come down and we live those lives and what it helped show me is that we're all on our own paths. And if I choose to be a homeless person because I've been really rich in the past and I've had everything and I am not humble and I need to have a different experience to learn that lesson, then that's the path I choose. And if that means that I get killed or I die at a young age, that's part of my choice to live, to learn those lessons my soul needs. I, you don't have any control over that. That's what I chose. Right. And so it's like, Mm. again, I can tell you to not go in the street to go get the ball, but maybe your soul chose to get hit by a bus because that's part of your lesson. So like, who am I to tell you? All I can do is share Mm. and you take what you need. And then maybe that helps you like go on your lesson more. But if you ignore it, maybe that is part of the point. Mm. So beautiful. (laughs) That's also incredibly difficult for people trapped in the western ideology the western mind paradigm to accept or even be open to the reality of that
Because the reality is we're all going to fucking die. Yeah. You know? And there's no fucking pill. There's no thing you can do. You can't lock yourself in your house. You're going to die. You know, we're all going to die. And, um, <laughs> why, <laughs> well, how, you know, I was talking to my brother about this, uh, on a podcast might've been released today. I'm not sure. They all blend together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I black out for most of my podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm totally, yeah. I just am open to receive. And, um, we were, I was talking about how, uh, you know who Ram Das is, right? Yes. It's one of my favorites. Um, and he was talking about the saints in India and how the saints in India, the people there call them the living dead because they're bearing the unbearable, which is to say that they are living in the place between they're living a completely non-dual existence. Like when anybody gets into the spiritual path and you like start turning on to meditation or maybe it's psychedelics or prayer, whatever it is, and your heart starts opening and you start to feel that just like deliciousness and that richness and that wholeness that comes in with all of these things, these techniques. And so you start to think that the spiritual path is about peace or it's about bliss or it's about whatever it is, harmony, etc. But living in that paradigm you're still attached to the duality of life because with peace there's always chaos and with bliss there's always pain and suffering and it's just the flip side to all these coins but the saints in india they've tapped so fucking far in that they're just in between all of it no matter what comes it's just they're in the nothingness of their being And they don't even teach. They barely speak, which is another thing about the words. You know, most of the true saints and the gurus, they end up just being silent at the end of their lives because they've come to the realization that it just doesn't even matter, you know, what they say anymore. It's just like their life is their teaching and just being is the teaching. And I was talking to my brother about how I've really, I've, truly tasted that the nothingness the complete surrender into the non-duality ultimate reality that is behind all of this stuff but it doesn't really do me any good when i'm trying to be a husband or a father or a podcaster like for these podcasts i kind of have to drop down into a certain plane so that i can have a conversation Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. So I was laughing because I was going to ask you the question, like, which I've asked to other people before, which then my higher self goes, Ed, that's a moot question. Like, that doesn't even matter. 
you know, the idea of like, how did we get so programmed into this idea of death is bad or it's an unacceptable end or it's got to be good and comfortable and we've got to be happy all the time. You know, I saw this meme that said, basically it was like comfort is the ultimate drug, you know, and in America or in the West, we've just become so latched on and attached to being comfortable and it's fucking just not serving us at all, you know? And in the grand scheme, like, I don't know what that means because like, where do we go? Does everyone just, <laughs> you know, I know like, where do we go? Well, and here's the thing is uh, so much. I just love what you're saying right now. I think one part of this is it's not about, you're right. It's not about the question you want to ask is like, how did we get programmed to think all these things? I think the bigger question for people like us and people listening to this conversation is how do we bridge this gap? How do we help people yeah. once you realize like, okay, I have been programmed or okay, we are here. Now, what do I do with this? How do we bridge the gap between the ethereal and our human experience? How do we have, how do we know and understand that we are souls having a human experience while not living in the clouds and also not suffering so deeply that we can't understand that there's something so much bigger than just this human form that we're in. I think that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing is like, how do we bring it all together so that people understand that there's just so much more than what we've been told and also don't get so overwhelmed and so caught up in what does that mean? Because the other part of this and what I love about what you're saying is that you and I can sit here all day and pretend like we have answers and we don't. I can read a book of yeah. journey of souls and it can provide me a lot of peace. And I can really believe that that's what my soul is doing is making a choice and coming down here and blah, blah, blah. But I mm. don't know for a fact. I just know what right. I feel. And you could say, yeah. I actually don't believe that the thing that resonates with me is this. And that's true too. It's not about right or wrong. And it's not about we have answers and someone else don't, someone else doesn't. It's how can we bridge the gap and help people find more of their own truth and of themselves and ask themselves hard questions about, well, how did I get here? Why do I believe this? And if I made a choice right now for myself, what is it that I would do with my life or what feels genuinely good to me at this point? And while doing all of that, reserving the right to change our minds in any given moment when we have new context and new experience mm. and new awareness. Mm. I love that. You know, there are absolute truths and then there are relative truths. And I think that like when you're talking about the journey of the soul, that just resonates with me in a place that feels true. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know what it was. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but um, I don't really believe anything anymore. Mm. Yes. You know? This is the conversation <laughs> I want to have. Tell me more. <laughs> like, you know, I don't believe anything like 
I don't believe anything unless I have had the experience right in front of me for myself, heartfelt, tangible, not even tangible because it's not always tangible, but unless I have had the experience and even that fails to stand up, you know, the experiences that you perceive as being a true thing, it doesn't really stand up, you know? So the ultimate truth or the absolute truth is that thing that just vibrates out of the center of your being at all times, which everyone has, but some of us are just more sensitive to it. Others have spent their entire lives trying to bury it, trying to run away from it, trying to hide from it, escaping from it with whatever means are available. And absolutely, that was something that um, I have these conversations with my brother a lot. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> um, and I, I think it was on the podcast that was released today, but it's like, we're never, I'm never telling you what to do. You know, I've just, I'm not going to do that because you're going to do whatever you're going to do. A. B, what works for me might not work for you. And at the end of the day, the only thing I really actually care about is that you are tapping into that feeling tone of truth coming out of yourself. And something you said made me crystallized. This this unfortunate manifestation but then again maybe it's just another tool of awakening where so many people are latched onto the idea of there are answers yeah. you know like remember i don't know about you but when i was a little kid i looked at the adults and i was like oh the adults know what's up yes yeah the adults know and then I became an adult and I was like, I don't have a fucking clue, you know? And now you have a nine-year-old daughter know. and you're like, I definitely don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything, you know? <laughs> That's such a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it's also a comment on the almost infantilization of humanity that we are never really stepping into that unknown because I think being an adult is so much about surrendering yourself completely to the unknown because you're constantly, you know, it was your parents who had the answer. They didn't give it to you. So then you get to your parents' age. Then it's like the authorities have the answer or the coach has the answer or whoever has the answer. None of them have the answer. They're always giving you and pretending like the guru has the answer. They're, they're happy to give you their answers, but it never really feeds the thing in you. That's like, Oh, that's the answer. And it's really about obliterating that ideology of thinking that there's some concrete answer or solution out there for any of it, you know? Yeah. The real hang up is when we just get stuck in there's an answer 
this is solid. You know, there's something here to be investigated, and then we're going to find the answer inside of it, you know. I went through this conversation with Connor on Saturday. I, you know, when you start having awarenesses and you start kind of spiraling because you're like, wait, everything is that's a lie. <laughs> I have to start over. And I was, <laughs> I decided I have to do physical things when I'm in that place. So I was outside weedy, sure, weeding. Sure. I'm like, let me just pull the weeds oh, out of the grass. Cause that makes me feel better. <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah. And I'm, weeds. it's 95 degrees and I'm sweating my balls off and I'm pulling weeds out of the ground. And Connor is standing up on this, uh, back deck of the house. And he's like, what the fuck is going on with you? And I am just going and going and going. And everything I was saying was all about, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to teach. What What the fuck is the point of even having a podcast? Why are we doing mm. this? And it was all about, I didn't have answers. I didn't have answers. And as a recovering type A perfectionist control freak, <laughs> I have really loved answers my whole life. And he said something so profound and so simple to me. And it was exactly what I needed to hear, which I was just amazed that he knew. He said, you don't always have to have the answers. Why do you mm -hmm. think you always have to know? He said, no one fucking knows what they're doing. And at that moment, I was able to breathe unlike ever before. It was such a mm -hmm. permission slip to not know and I just, I felt this attachment inside of me. Like, if you don't know you have failed and you are bad and you are wrong and you have no right to teach anyone or to be a person, like you don't mm. deserve to exist. And in that moment, I was like, oh, so like no one knows. Oh, so I'm not a loser and I'm not failing. Oh, like it was so silly. And I just, I, was like, I get it. And then I was like, okay, thanks. I'm good. And I stopped pulling weeds and we went on with our day. <laughs> I'm just like. What That's amazing. <laughs> God bless Connor. Right? But it's true. I think this is where I get, I was telling you before we started recording, I'm in this interesting middle space of kind of the gray area and I don't know what's coming. Mm. And I'm sitting with that and I'm surrendering to not knowing in a way I never have before because not knowing and releasing this need to have answers I think is one of the most profound things we can ever do because that actually leads us to our purpose. And I mm -hmm. think that I've been trying to force my purpose and tell you what my purpose is. And I mm -hmm. haven't been feeling into or allowing it to show itself, to reveal itself to me. And so I feel like that's where I am now. And I think we only get there when we really let go of the need to know. Big time. Big time. You said something that was really powerful earlier, which is something I believe. Um, we are the creators of our own lives. And the truth as it appears to me is that we are the ultimate creator embodied in this physical form. 
this consciousness were the blend of the animal and the Godhead. And it's in our brain, you know, the base of our skull, we have the reptilian brain, mm-hmm. which is super primal, fight, flight, freeze, keeps us alive, all that stuff, super necessary. But at the front of our head is the Godhead, the executive decision-making. And it's so fucking vast, everything in between our consciousness, how, what we're able to create, imagine, think about and on that idea of because one of the traps is the spiritual path the spiritual path itself is a trap you know that you fall into because you start thinking oh i'm spiritual i can't be angry oh i'm spiritual i can't have anxiety oh i'm spiritual i can't have x y or z And that's really, that's the conundrum of the guru because you fall into this place of one of my favorite books that I've ever read. I just read it like a month ago. It's, it's called, it's here now are you by this guy Bhagavan Das, who was the 23 year old yogi who Ram Das stumbled onto. And he took Ram Das to meet their guru, Neem Karoli Baba, who is the saint who is the definition to me of what a, a guru is because he was so just completely disconnected from it. You know, you'd come to him one day and he knew everything about who you were your entire life. And then the next day you come to him and he's just like, how's the wife? How's the kids? How's the family? You know, he's like totally disconnected from it. There's stories of him being able to fucking dematerialize and walk through walls and all kinds of shit. And people just couldn't get a handle on him because he was nothing and everything simultaneously. And, you know, in this idea of we are God in flesh and form and We, why was I saying that? We are here to create the life of our dreams that we imagine, that we envision for ourselves. Fuck. I had an actual point. I wasn't trying to We were talking about creators of our reality. Oh, the spiritual trap. Yes, yes, yes. The, The trap of the spiritual path. And I had this experience. You know, where I was like, I I found myself going around and I'm like resisting my anger and I'm resisting because I'm like, Eb, you're, you're too spiritual, bro. You meditate, you fucking pray. You've got a really strong practice, man. You're not supposed to be angry. And that just perpetuated the anger and the resistance. And you can't fucking bury any of this. This is what I was getting to. You know, everything inside of you, it's all God happening. Like you are God. And the thing of like telling people what your purpose is, it's like you you are your purpose. You are the purpose in action, in manifestation. And that's something I'm really surrendering to because I totally vibe with that. And I think it's a, it is an aspect of the Western 
psychological paradigm of having to name and label who you are and what you are and what you do. But the truth is, like, none of those containers can hold the vastness of spirit because it's just so immense. And something Neem Karoli said to Ramdas, he was like, man, you spend all this time trying to be holy. Why don't you just be a human? You know? And it would, like, blew his mind. Because Ramdas was caught in this thing. He was caught in this trap of, like, oh, now I'm the guru, so I have to have it all figured out all the time. I have to have the answers. I have to sit on this pedestal. And his guru's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? How about you take a moment and be human? Because that's who you are anyway. Wow. You know? Um, Does that make sense? It does. God, I wrote down, you are the purpose. That just hit me so hard. That's it. It's literally, what that is it period. You are the purpose. I yeah. think, I you think, are it. yeah. And I, I love what you said and what it brought me to. And when we first started talking, we were saying, you know, spirituality is fucked. Is that still where you are? Or has that changed over the last couple of weeks? <laughs> and I was just in Chicago with some of my closest friends and we were at dinner and I was verbalizing a lot of this out loud. And I was just trying to understand it. You know, when something is in your body, but it's not really making sense. And then you just need to get the words out of you. So you can start to like conceptualize it. That's kind of what I was feeling. I was just like, I got to get this out so I can like somewhat understand what it is. It's even happening in my body. And what came up for me over the last week is I remember when I was a TV host and I used to cover the Lakers and the Dodgers and I had this big job and that was my whole world for 10 plus years was being on TV. And I left that world and I actually, I came out about a sexual assault with someone really well known and it was all over the news. And so when I left, Mm. it wasn't like I just left my career and like moved on. It was, I pissed everyone off and burned every bridge that there was. Um, Been there too. yeah, Yeah. And everyone turned their backs on me and I I no longer had this community and that community gave me purpose. It was my identity. It was everything that I knew. And I, I, what I realized and so much of my anger is that I spent 10 plus years in TV conforming. I did Mm. what they wanted me to do. I can, I conform to being the good girl and following the rules and, you know, climbing the ladder and working my ass off and all the things And I swore I wasn't going to do that again because I felt like that put me in a position that was very vulnerable to be taken advantage of. And I didn't feel like I had power. I was one of very few women and it was a world of men. And you know, in sports, how that goes. And so when I left, I was very clear that I was going to maintain my sovereignty and be an individual and be strong and blah, blah, blah. And what I realized last week is that I found spirituality and was on my awakening journey right after leaving. And I found another community to conform within. And Mm. I started speaking that language and I started to see how I could fit in to be accepted and loved because Mm. I felt lost and isolated when I left television. And so I thought, oh, well, here's a new community and let me do this thing. And I, you know, I said it was fine because it was on the spiritual path and in the name of all this highest and good or whatever the hell. 
and whatever helps you justify it. But that's what I saw myself doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting to reflect back on that because that is what has brought me so much anger is I, mm. I betrayed myself and I conformed once again. And I didn't do what felt best for me. I did what I was told. Someone told me, hold this crystal, shove it up your ass and then say this mantra. And I was like, <laughs> okie dokie, this is what we're doing. Didn't once be like, does that make sense for me? Now I have a box of crystals here and I keep joking with my friends. I'm like, I just have a lot of rocks in my house that are very expensive because I did a lot of things because I thought I was supposed to, and I did them to fit in and I conformed. And it's like, if you let go of all of that, and I made decisions for myself at this point around what feels good, do I need to be the person who is saying mantras and meditating and not feeling anger and blah, blah, blah. Or do I get to create my spiritual practice and my quote unquote belief system, even though we both agreed we don't believe in anything anymore. Do I get to create that for myself and not just do it because I think I'm supposed to. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I love that dude. It's so, I mean, I, I, you could be telling my story. Um, Now, a question that came up for me as you're talking about that, on your way to the 10 years of conforming in TV, you had a vision of yourself. Mm -hmm. You had an idea of who you were and what you were doing and what you wanted to do, and how you wanted to affect the world or share yourself in a certain way. Did you find, because to me that it it just sounds like that you could have been talking about me getting to the NFL, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because I'll speak from my perspective or from my story, you know, I had this dream as a little boy. Seed was planted in my mind. I was about seven or eight years old at my grandparents' house in Connecticut, watching the news. Jets and the Giants came on television in training camp. Saw these warriors out there on the field, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. That's who I'm going to be. And looking back, there was a subconscious realization that that would be the vehicle for me to transcend my circumstances, the darkness, the, you know, the scariness of my childhood, because I could show the world how fucking big and scary and to be feared I was. And, uh, finally, freshman year of high school mom would never let me play finally convince her to let me play with the help of my dad um and i say all this about my childhood and i have beautiful relationships with both my parents god bless you know and it's a testament to the work and it's just commitment to letting go you know and to allowing people to be who they are and loving them unconditionally for just who they are and getting out of the expectations of whatever it is you think they're supposed to be doing. And 
on my way to the NFL, I was climbing this mountain doing everything. You know, I had this fucking crystallized vision of achieving this dream. And I did it finally. And I made it to the NFL. But then all of a sudden, the dream of playing in the NFL being realized, I then was confronted with the reality that that didn't solve any of my problems. And now here I am boxed in because I'm supposed to be the pro athlete football warrior guy who's now taking care of everybody financially and energetically. And it's just not enough. It's still not enough. So I keep, you know, being the company man and doing the thing and popping the pills to get over the pain and get back out on the field so I could produce to earn the check to do the thing. And then I came out of six years of that in the NFL, six years in the NFL, really 15 years of football. And I was just totally fucking destroyed and dismantled. I didn't know who I was, where I started, where they ended, you know. Even through that, I was a guy who I fell in love with writing and storytelling sometime in high school. And even having sort of this under undercurrent of, oh, I'm going to be a writer when I'm done playing football. Even having that, I still came out totally fucking decimated, mm -hmm. spiritually, mentally, physically. And like you said, I organically fell into cannabis because cannabis had been such a potent healing medicine for me during my football career, dealing with a lot of injuries when the pills made me feel like shit. Cannabis would help me get a good night's sleep. I'd wake up the next day feeling rejuvenated. And so I organically, I and I obliterated my football community because I failed a drug test for fucking Ritalin at the end. Uh, everything, like my whole football persona was just falling apart. And, um, you know, and I fell into this cannabis world and then I was like, oh, I'm the cannabis guy now. But even then I was like, yeah, but Eb, you're not really, you know, you're not this because these people want to feed you this idea of like cannabis is the answer and inside you're going yeah cannabis is great and it's a powerful tool but it's not the answer it's not the it's not the super answer you know yeah. <laughs> and I did that for a few years and even found myself drifting away from that because it was like this isn't true to the whole picture you know and I think this is why fucking vibe with you is that as a leader as an alpha you don't really fit into any group mm -hmm. because you're creating a whole new fucking way of being yes you know and my book that's on its way coming soon this fall, the ebb and flow basic tools to transform your life. The whole premise is these are all tools to help you access your deepest self, but none of this fucking matters if it doesn't work for you. Yes. 
and you aren't finding your way with it. Like this is just information for you to tap into what's true inside yourself. Um, and I think that's a, that's a very real thing of being a leader and not fitting into any one thing because you're not, I was just talking to one of my mentors yesterday and, uh, he was saying to me, he's like, Eb, you're creating a whole new thing because like you can go into the medicine community, like the plant medicine community, you fit in there. You can go to the football community. You fit in there. You can go to the fucking, you know, the fucking lumberjacks out in the forest. You fit in there. You fit in with the yogis over here. But you're not really of any of those groups. And he's like, because you're just creating a whole new thing. Because I look around, you know, I'm doing a lot. I'm doing the pod. I'm writing a book. I'm fucking... I'm stepping into this like guru role, even though like you, like I'm not, I'm just utterly rejecting all labels and identifying markers for anything. Like I'm just a mirror and a light to show, to shine in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm looking around, I'm like, I don't see any model of like how this thing can look or what to do next or fucking what, like, what's the business model? How do I do this? And it's because I'm just doing a whole new thing, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and that's something that's just a real experience for me. And I, I hear that from you, you know, in that same way. Because I think, and maybe that's everybody, honestly, you know, going back to the followers versus the community. Like, I want to create a fucking legion of fucking lions, dude. I don't want a bunch of sheep following behind me, asking me what it is. You know, Jesus said, I am the way. He never said fucking, this is the way, guys. Come follow me. He was just like, I am the way. This is what you do. You fucking wash the feet. You live in your truth. You walk the path. But he never said, like, come, God, come on. We're going this way. You know? Yeah. Why do you think so, that you have chosen to create a reality where you are creating the path rather than following it? You know, talking to my mentor, this guy who is super, I mean, he's, you know, I can give, I can give it all to him, you know, um, he's just a great guidepost because I'll have these conversations with him and he'll be like, Ed, there's free will. You always have a choice, you know? And cause I've said to him, I'm like, dude, there's a big part of me that just wants to fucking walk out into the woods and meditate all day and say, fuck all you people. I don't care. I'm just going to go do me in the cave. I, I don't need it. But I know that there would be something inside of me that would go, Eb, you got to be out there. 
you know, you got to be out there. And so while, so taking that into account of having free will, and we are the gods, the creators of our own lives. All I can say is that I'm just fucking compelled. I'm just compelled. Like it's the only way I can't do it. If I find myself doing somebody else's thing, I fucking just, I find myself, I might do it for a minute. And then I find myself just like totally rejecting it. I start, I start filling with resentment, start filling with anger. I start filling with frustration and like I'm being strangled. And I'm just like, fuck it. You know, I have to just keep doing my own thing over and over again. It's just like, Eb, okay, what's this? All right, here we go. Um, fuck. I knew this was going to happen. I mean, we're an hour in. My landscapers just got here. Of course. I've been waiting and for a delivery dog. if it makes you feel better. And my puppy just trying to be in on this conversation. So <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you have, have a few minutes... I'd like to just kind of pause for a moment. Is that cool? Yeah, I just, I have a client like call. 15 minutes? I have a client call at 1.30. All right. But I can also continue later. Well. So you just tell me. I'm loving this conversation. This is great. Yeah, it's really good. I really appreciate you. And yeah. I think this is amazing. Um, I also don't really get to talk to men very often either. So this is like bringing me a lot of joy. I'm like, oh, good man, I could talk to. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I've been tr I've been working on opening my my platform up to having more strong females on here, females in general. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, I appreciate it as well yeah. for that. Good. Um. I don't know. Does that make sense? So what about you? Like, what what the fuck? Why are you? I Why was do you just, feel compelled to do your thing? I was going to say, I feel like I'm the lady version of you as you were talking. I'm like, that's <laughs> my exact answer. Um, I can't function any other way. It, mm. I get slapped in the face. It's like, no, you're not doing that. No, this doesn't work. I feel like I just keep walking into walls when I try to do it everyone else's way. And it was even when I was starting our production company, no one does what we do. No one offers what we do. No one goes about it the way we do. And Connor and I got in quite a few fights because he's like, it's not going to work. It's too complicated. It's this, it's that. And all I had inside of me was a knowing. I'm like, it has to be different. It can't be like anyone else's. This is the way it has to be. I don't know what else to say. And it worked. And I believe it's because I am not meant to do things like other people. I'm meant to create. I'm meant to um, be a visionary. I'm meant to come up with different new ideas and lay the groundwork for them and then put into place all the pieces to make these things happen. If I just follow along, then it just, it never comes together. It's just like kind of, it's awkward and clunky and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I feel it. I feel that. Um, well, <laughs> here we go. My dog, she's about to lose her mind. Um, well, Kelly, this has been so epic and I think we should just have another conversation. Done. I'm in. A part two. Yep. Um, 
I love it. I, I appreciate you so much. And uh, before it gets too crazy, will you shout out where everybody can find you and everything you've got going on? Yes. It's pretty epic. Thank you. Yeah, my podcast is The Kelly Show. You can find me at kellytenant.com. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm at Kelly M. Tennant. Um, yeah, all the things. Amazing. Thank you well, so much for having me, Evan. This was awesome. Yeah, it was so awesome. Thank you, Kelly. I really appreciate you. And uh, keep doing your thing. And we'll get back on the mic sometime in the near future. I love it. Can't wait. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Lots of love to you guys. Hope you guys got a lot out of that convo. No, I do. Appreciate you. Peace.